Apanishi Krishna Jari Karina Vatar Apani Achari Pakti Karina Prachar Advaita Acharya thought If Sri Krishna were to appear as an incarnation, he himself could preach devotion by his personal example. Nambinu Kali Kale Tanamanahi Aro Kali Kale in this age of Kali, there is no religion other than the chanting of the holy name of the Lord. But how in this age will the Lord appear as an incarnation? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Shudhabhave Kariba Krishnera Aratano Nirantara Sadhanyi Kariba Nivedano. I shall worship Krishna in a purified state of mind. I shall constantly petition in humbleness. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Aniya Krishnare Karun Kirtana Sanchar Tabeshe Advaita Nam Sapala Amar. My name, Advaita, will be fitting if I am able to induce Krishna to inaugurate the movement of the chanting of the Holy Name. The non dualist Mayavadi philosopher who falsely believes that he is non-different from the Lord is unable to call him like Advaita Prabhu. Advaita Prabhu is non-different from the Lord. Yet in his relationship with the Lord, he does not merge with him, but eternally renders service unto him as a plenary portion. This is inconceivable for Mayavadis because they think in terms of mundane sense of perception and therefore think that non-dualism necessitates losing one's separate identity. It is clear from this verse, however, that Advaita Prabhu, although retaining his separate identity, is non-different from the Lord. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu preached the philosophy of inconceivable simultaneous oneness with the Lord and difference from him. Conceivable dualism and monism are conceptions of the imperfect senses which are unable to reach the transcendence because the transcendence is beyond the conception of limited potency. The actions of Sri Advaita Prabhu, however, give tangible proof of inconceivable non-dualism. One who therefore surrenders under Sri Advaita Prabhu can easily follow the philosophy of inconceivable simultaneous dualism and monism. Krishna Vasha Karibena Kor Aradhane Bicharite Eka Shloka Aila Parmane. While he was thinking about how to propitiate Krishna by worship, the following verse came to his mind.
Chulasi Dala Matrena Jalasya Chulukenava Vikrini Te Swam Atmanam Pakte Pyo Pakdavatsala Sri Krishna, who is very affectionate toward his devotees, sells himself to a devotee who offers him merely a tulsi leaf and a palm full of water. A verse from the Gotaniya Tantra. E shlokarata charya kare navicharam Krishna ketula sejal deha jejan Tarne shodite Krishna karena chintana Jala tula sira sama kichu karena hitana Advaita Acharya considered the meaning of the verse in this way. Not finding any way to repay the debt, he owes to one who offers him a tulsi leaf and water. Lord Krishna thinks, there is no wealth in my possession that is equal to a tulsi leaf and water. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Habe Eche Kare Rinera Shudhan Ete Babi Acharya Karina Aroda Thus the Lord liquidates the debt by offering himself to the devotee. Considering in this way the Acharya began worshiping the Lord. Purport through devotional service, one can easily please Lord Krishna with a leaf of the Tulsi plant and a little water. As the Lord says in the Bhagavad Gita 926, a leaf, a flower, a fruit, or some water, patram pushpam palam toyam, when offered with devotion, very much pleases him. He universally accepts the services of his devotees. He universally accepts the services of his devotees. He universally accepts the services of his devotees. Even the poorest of devotees in any part of the world can secure a small flower, fruit, or leaf, and a little water. And if these offerings, and especially Tulsi leaves and Ganges water, are offered to Krishna with devotion, he is very satisfied. It is said that Krishna is so much so pleased with devotional service, service that he offers himself to his devotee in exchange for Srila Advaita Acharya and therefore he decided to call for the personality of Godhead Krishna to descend by worshipping the Lord with Tulsi leaves and the water of the Ganges. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Ganga Jal Tulsi Manjari Anukshana, Krishna Pada Padma Bhavi, Kare Samarpana. Thinking of the lotus feet of Sri Krishna. He constantly offered Tulsi buds in water from the Ganges. Krishnera 
Avahana Kare Kariahukar Emate Krishnere Karaila Avatar. He appealed to Sri Krishna with loud calls and thus made it possible for Krishna to appear. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Chaitanya Ravatare e Mukya Hitu, Bhaktira Ichaya Avatare Tarmasetu. Therefore, the principal reason for Sri Chaitanya's descent is this appeal by Advaita Acharya. The Lord, the protector of religion. The Lord, the protector of religion, appears by the desire of his devotee. Tvam bhakti yoga paribhavita fritsaroja ase sutekshita kato nanunata punsam yatya diyatad purugaya vipavayanti O my Lord, you always dwell in the vision and hearing of your pure devotees. You also live in their lotus-like hearts, which are purified by devotional service. O my Lord, who are glorified by exalted prayers, you show special favor to your devotees by manifesting yourself in the eternal forms in which they welcome you. This text from Srimad Bhagavatam 3911 is a prayer by Lord Brahma to the Supreme Personality of Guided Krishna for his blessings in the work of creation. Knowledge of the Supreme Personality of Godhead can be understood from the descriptions of the Vedic scriptures. For example, the Brahma Sanhita 529 describes that in the abode of Lord Krishna, which is made of Jintamani touchstone, the Lord acting as a cowherd boy is served by hundreds and thousands of goddesses of fortune. Mayavadis think that the devotees have imagined the form of Krishna, but the authentic Vedic scriptures have actually described Krishna and his various transcendental forms. The word Shruta and Shutikshita Pata refers to the Vedas, and Ikshita indicates that the way to understand the Supreme Personality of God it is by proper study of the Vedic scriptures. One cannot imagine something about God or his form. Such imagination is not accepted by those who are serious about enlightenment. Here Brahma says that one can know Krishna through the path of properly understanding the Vedic texts. If by studying the form, name, qualities, pastimes, and paraphernalia of the Supreme Godhead, one is attracted to the Lord, he can execute devotional service, and the form of the Lord will be impressed in his heart and remain transcendentally situated there. Unless a devotee actually develops transcendental love for the Lord, it is not possible for him to think always of the Lord within his heart. Such constant thought of the Lord is the sublime perfection of the yogic process, as the Bhagavad Gita confirms in the sixth chapter, 47, stating that anyone absorbed in such thought is the best of all yogis. 
Such transcendental absorption is known as samadhi. A pure devotee who is always thinking of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the person qualified to see the Lord. One cannot speak of Urugaya, the Lord who is glorified by sublime prayers, unless one is transcendentally elevated. The Lord has innumerable forms, as the Brahma Samhita confirms, Advaitam, Achutam, Anadim, Anantarupam. The Lord expands himself in innumerable Shramsha forms. When a devotee hearing about these innumerable forms becomes attached to one and always thinks of him, the Lord appears to him in that form. Lord Krishna is especially pleasing to such devotees, in whose hearts he is always present because of their highly elevated transcendental love. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama, Hare Hare. Eshlokera arto kahi shankhetaera sar bhaktera ishaya krishnera sarva avatar. The essence of the meaning of this verse is that Lord Krishna appears in all his innumerable eternal forms because of the desires of his pure devotees. Chaturta shlokera arto hoila sanishchite avatirna hoila gora prema prakashite. Thus, I have surely determined the meaning of the fourth verse. Lord Garanga, Lord Chaitanya appeared as an incarnation to preach unalloyed love of God. Shri Rupa Raghunatha Pade Jar Ash Chaitanya Chaitamrita Kahe Krishnadas Praying at the lotus feet of Shri Rupa and Shri Raghunath, always desiring their mercy, I, Krishnadas, narrate Shri Chaitanya Charitamrita, following in their footsteps. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports to the Shri Chaitanya Charitamrita. Adi Lila, third chapter, describing the external reasons for the appearance of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama.
Let us for a moment uh, go back to any of the points that you um, noticed that inspired you from the purports or any of the verses so that we can discuss them a little bit. Krishna Guru Maharaj, Tannur Pranam, Jai Shila Prabhupada. This Jai. is Guru Gita. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. The, the point that stuck to me was when Advaita Acharya was stand, calling for Krishna with the Tulsi leaf in Ganges water. It, it, it was stuck because I feel that when we have that urge, that sincerity of calling him, he will definitely come. Yes. It's the quality of the, the uh, devotee's devotion that attracts Krishna. So if somebody's without any wealth to offer to Krishna, or even if one does have it, the sincerity is the potent active ingredient that is the effective way to attract, attract Krishna's attention. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Any other points? What other points? What did you hear? So I like the point that when we offer water and tulsi leaf, uh, then Krishna fulfills our desires. But, but I, I understand that Krishna only fulfills the spiritual desires so because we might, I, I might have any, many material attachments. Even though I'm offering water and tulsi leaf, uh, Krishna, like a father, he knows what are the right kind of desires that will progress me in devotional service. So I understand. Uh-huh. Only those kind of desires should would be fulfilled by Krishna. Yes. Otherwise, he fulfills the other desires in such a way that you won't want to ask for them again. As uh, you can look up this verse, please, someone. Uh, satyam artito art Satyam artita artito nrinam naivartito yet puna artito yata swayam vidate bhajatamanichatam. Krishna says the same here. That if somebody who's a devotee petitions me again and again for some material benediction, satyam dishyart, let's see the Sanskrit, it's beautiful. Satyam dishyartyartitam artito nirnam, navartado yatpunar artitada. Artitayata, soyam vidate, vajatam anichatam, ichapidanam, nijapada pallavam. In the translation, the Supreme Personality of God fulfills the material desires of a devotee who approaches him with such motives, but he does not bestow benedictions upon the devotee that will cause him to demand more benedictions again. However, the Lord willingly gives the devotee shelter at his lotus feet. Even though such a person does not aspire for it, and that shelter satisfies all his desires, 
That is the supreme personality of personality special mercy. Purport. <clears throat> the devotee mentioned, the devotees mentioned in this previous verse approached the supreme personality of Godhead with material motives. But this verse explains how such devotees are saved from those desires. Srimad Bhagavatam 2.3.10 advises, Kama Sarvakamo Va Moksha Kama Udaradhi Tivrina Bhakti Yogina Yajeta Purusham Param. Whether one is freed from all material desires, is full of material desires, or desires to become one with the Supreme, he should engage in devotional service. In this way, not only will the devotee's desires be fulfilled, but the day will come when he will have no other desire than to serve the lotus feet of the Lord. One who engages in the service of the Lord with some motive is called Sakama Bhakta, and one who serves the Lord without any motives is called an Akama Bhakta. Krishna is so merciful that he turns a Sakama Bhakta into an Akama Bhakta a pure devotee, an akama bhakta who has no material motives, is satisfied simply to serve the lotus feet of the Lord. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 6.22, yam labha chaparam labham manyate narikam tata. There's a, um, a chanting going on, which is fine, except for it's at the same time. If one engages in the service of the lotus feet of the Lord, he does not want anything more. This is the highest stage of devotional service. The Lord is so kind even to a Sakama Bhakta, a motivated devotee, that, that he satisfies his desires in such a way that one day he becomes an Akama Bhakta. Dhruva Maharaj, for example, became a Bhakta with the motive of getting a better kingdom than that of his father, but finally he became an Akama Bhakta and said to the Lord, Swamin Kritartos Yache. My dear Lord, I am very satisfied simply to serve your lotus feet. I do not want any material benefits. Sometimes it is found that a small child eats dirty things, but his parents take away the dirty things and offer him a sandesh or some other sweetmeat. Devotees who aspire for mature benedictions are compared to such children. The Lord is so kind that he takes away their mature desires and gives them the The Lord is so kind that he takes away the, their material desires and gives them the highest benediction. Therefore, even for material motives, one should not worship anyone other than the Supreme Personality of Godhead. One must fully engage himself in the devotional service of the Lord so that all his desires will be fulfilled. And at the end, he can go back home, back to Godhead. This is explained in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Madhya 22. 37 through 39 and 41 as follows. Anyakami. A devotee may desire something other than the service of the lotus feet of the Lord. Jadikari Krishna Bhajana. 
But if he engages in the Lord's service, na mahagiteha krishna tari dino swacharana. Krishna gives him shelter at his lotus feet, even though he does not aspire for it. Krishna kahe, the Lord says, amabhaje, he is engaged in my service. Magi bishai suk, but he wants the be- benefits of material sense gratification. Amrita chadi busha magi. Such a devotee is like a person who asks for poison instead of nectar. E badu murk. That is his foolishness. Amivigna. But I am experienced. E murke bishaya kene dibo. Why should I give such a person? Why should I give such a foolish person the dirty things of material enjoyment? Swacharanamrita. It would be better for me to give him shelter at my lotus feet. Vishaya bhujalhulaiba. I shall cause him to forget all material desires. Kama lagi Krishna bhaje. If one engages in the service of the Lord for sense gratification, pai Krishna rashe. The result is that he ultimately gets a taste for serving the lotus feet of the Lord. Kama chadi das he then gives up all material desires and wants to become an eternal servant of the Lord. So this is the benediction of worshiping Krishna, whom he gave, Krishna gave benediction to Putana, even though she came to kill him. If you look at this verse, also from the Bhagavatam, Aho bakiyam stanaka lakutam jikamsaya payat apyasad vi, lebegatim datruchitam tatonyam, kambada yalum sharanam vrajema. Aho bakiyam. Aho bakiyam stanaka lakutam jikamsaya payat apyasad vi, lebegatim datruchitam tatonyam, kamba. Oh, alas, Bucky, the she-demon Putana, yam, whom, stana, of her breast, kala, deadly, kutam, poison, jigamsaya, out of envy. <clears throat> Apaya yet, nourished, api, although, asadvi, asadvi, unfaithful, lebhe, achieve, katim, destination, Datri uchitam, just suitable for the nurse. Tata, beyond whom, anyam, other, come, who else, va, certainly. Dayalum, merciful, sharanam, shelter, virjema, shall I take? Translation, alas, how shall I take shelter of one more merciful than he who granted the position of mother to a she-demon, Putana, although she was unfaithful and she prepared deadly poison to be sucked from her breast? Purport, here is an example of the extreme mercy of the Lord, even to his enemy. It is said that a noble man accepts the good qualities of a person of doubtful character, just as one accepts nectar from a stalk of poison. In his babyhood, he was administered deadly poison by Putana, a she-demon, who tried to kill the wonderful baby. And because she was a demon, 
it was impossible for her to know that the Supreme Lord, even though playing the part of a baby, was no one less than the same Supreme Personality of Godhead. His value as the Supreme Lord did not diminish upon his becoming a baby to please his devotee, Yashoda. The Lord may assume the form of a baby or a shape other than that of a human being, but it doesn't make the slightest difference. He is always the same Supreme. A living creature, however powerful he may become, by dint of severe penance, can never become equal to the Supreme Lord. Are, if anyone's a, li a living creature, raise your hand. Any living creatures here? Okay. A living creature, however powerful he may become, by dint of severe penance, can never become equal to the Supreme Lord. Lord Krishna accepted the motherhood of Putana because she pretended to be an affectionate mother, allowing Krishna to suck her breast. The Lord accepts the least qualification of the living entity and awards him the highest reward. <clears throat> that is the standard of his character. Therefore, who but the Lord can be the ultimate shelter? What is your opinion? Anyone? Anyone? Guru Maharaj, there is no other shelter than the than our Creator. Can you prove that? Give me a shloka that suggests the same. Someone give me a quintessential verse that is very, very beautiful that um, we can uh, chant right now to remember how Krishna is the shelter of the entire cosmic manifestation. Aham sarvasya pravavo mata sarvam pravartate itimadvajante man budavava sammamitaha. Ten points. Please give us the uh, idea of the translation. Yeah. Say it uh, from just a summary. Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, I'm the, the origin of everything, everything emanates from me, all the material and spiritual. And the sage does know that they worship, worshiping me with love and affection. Ooh, and that's devotion. nice. That's a very good one. Thank you very much. And good to see you. Thank you very much. Um, Thank you. Let's see who else has another verse. About taking shelter. Dhanavari, how do you accept, go? Hare Krishna, please accept my humble obeisances to you. Jai uh, Srila Prabhupada. Uh, I remember one uh, from 1515. Yes, and the meaning? The meaning is um, I'm in living, uh, I'm in heart of all living entities. Uh, I can give them memory and I can give them forgetfulness uh, as time comes. Sorry. Yeah. That's all I know. Okay. That verse Sarvasya Chaham Hridi Sani Vishto. Sani Vishto means having entered or 
existing within the heart. Sarvasya, all of them. Sarvasya cha aham. I have entered within the heart of every living entity. Matak smitir gyanam. So he then says, I give knowledge, remembrance, and forgetfulness to the living entity. So whatever, whatever is coming into our awareness or going out of our awareness is all coming by the grace of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And he's fulfilling the desire of the living entity. For instance, if someone wants to become an atheist, then Krishna gives knowledge to that person how to become a really good atheist and write books about atheism and so forth. And then he says that I am the compiler of the Vedanta. I know the Vedas. I'm the source of the Vedas. Indeed, I compiled them. Can you, who can tell me what verse I'm thinking of right now about taking shelter of Krishna? Yes. I knew you'd get it, Shamarupa. You're so smart. Say that verse, would you please? Sure. Samasritaye padapallava plavam mahat padam punna yasho murare bhavam budhir vatsa padam param padam 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 yadvipadam natesham Fantastic. Just give us an idea for the verse. Give us the bhav, the feeling of the verse, and, and the, the summarized meaning. So, samashrita, um, meaning uh, taking shelter of padapallava plavam, that uh, lotus feet, which is like flower buds, and mahat uh, padam, mahat padam means total uh, uh, material creation, mahat padam, Punna Yasho Morare. We take shelter and Punna, it is simultaneously a pious also. And uh, Yasho means fame. So it is uh, who is also famous uh, all over the three worlds. And Murare means uh, who killed the demon Mura, enemy of Mura demon, which is Krishna. Um, and Bhavam Budhir. Uh, Bhava Ambhadi means this material ocean. Vatsapadam, uh, Vatsapadam mean, uh, meaning the um, calf, Vatsa uh, is cows, Vatsa is calf. Uh, so the whole um, material world reduces, like who takes shelter of this famous personality who is the killer of them, uh, Mura Demon, who is Murari, who is Krishna. If we take his shelter, then uh, the whole material world, the suffering reduces to Batsapadam, that is Kaf's uh, footprint. Oh, so nicely done. So nicely done. And, and don't take shelter here in this material world because it's Vipadam. Yeah. Because Vipadam means if you, try to, if you try to walk in this world, you're going to trip and fall and it's going to be bad. Uh, but, so don't do that. Just take shelter in the spiritual and in, in under Krishna's lotus feet, as um, there's there can be a misstep at any time here in the material world. There's a verse at the uh, outset of the teachings of of uh, the uh, uh, to Maharaj Nimi by Kavi Havi Antariksha, and you'll you'll see there that it says that. Uh, if one 
uh, runs with eyes closed in bhakti, one will not trip and fall. This goes to the safety of the process of devotional service. Can, can you give me that verse, Balaram? Just that uh, one will not trip and fall, even with eyes closed uh, on the process, in the process of bhakti. So Krishna, so here is um, the, the instructions given by Navyogendra. This uh, is in the outset. Yan asthaya naro rajan na pramadhyet karichit davan nimilya vanetre na skalen na petit iha. Yan means which, which means asthaya, accepting, nara, a man, rajan, o king, na pramadhyeta, is not bewildered, karichit, ever. Davan, running, Nimilia, closing, va, or, netre, his eyes, naskalet, will not trip, napatet, will not fall, iha, on this path. <clears throat> Translation, O king, one who accepts this process of devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead will never blunder on his path in this world. Even while running with eyes closed, he will never trip or fall. Purport. According to Srila Sridhar Swami, the word agya, easily, anja, easily, which is used in the previous verse, is explained in this verse. He says, anja paden roptam su karatvam vivrnoti. By the word anja, the ease of performing bhakti yoga is established, and this will be elaborated in the present verse. In Bhagavad Gita 9.2, the Lord himself states, The process of devotional service to the Supreme Personality of God it is eternal, and it is very joyfully and naturally performed. Srila Prabhupada comments, the process of devotional service is a very happy one. Why? Devotional service consists of Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu. So one can simply hear the chanting of the glories of the Lord or can attend philosophical lectures on transcendental knowledge given by authorized acharyas. Simply by sitting, one can learn, then one, then one can eat the remnants of the food offered to God, nice palatable dishes. In every state, devotional service is, very, is joyful. One can execute devotional service even in the most poverty-stricken condition. The Lord says, Patram Pushpan Palam. He is ready to accept from the devotee any kind of offering, never mind what. Even a leaf, a flower, a bit of fruit, or a little water, which are all available in every part of the world, can be offered by any person, regardless of social position, and will be accepted if offered with love. There are many instances of this in history. Simply by tasting the Tulsi leaves offered to the lotus feet of the Lord, great sages like Sanat Kumar became great devotees. Therefore, the devotional process is very nice and it can be executed in a happy mood. God accepts only the love with which things are offered to him. The essential point to be understood here 
is that when a living entity surrenders to the Supreme Personality of God and he tells the Lord, my dear Lord, although I am most sinful and unqualified and for so long have been trying to forget you, now I am taking shelter at your lotus feet. From this day on, I am yours. Whatever I possess, my body, mind, words, family, riches, I'm now offering at your lotus feet. Please do with me as you like. The Supreme Lord Krishna has repeatedly given assurance in Bhagavad Gita that he will protect and redeem such a surrendered living entity, bringing him back home, back to Godhead, for eternal life in the Lord's own kingdom. Thus, the qualification of surrendering to the Lord is so great and spiritually potent that even if a surrendered soul is deficient in other aspects of pious lives, life, his elevated status is protected by the Lord himself. I'll read that again because that's so essential. The thus the qualification of surrendering to the Lord is so great and spiritually potent that even if a surrendered soul is deficient in other aspects of pious life, his elevated status is protected by the Lord himself. In other processes, however, such as yoga, because one depends upon his own determination and intelligence and does not actually seek shelter of the Lord, one is subject to fall at any moment, being protected only by one's own flimsy, limited potency. Therefore, as stated in Srimad Bhagavatam 10.232, Ahruya Krishna Parampadam Tata Nadrita Yushmad Angraya. If one gives up the shelter of the lotus feet of the Supreme Lord and instead tries to advance in the yoga process by one's own determination, or if one tries to make progress in knowledge by one's own speculative power, surely one will eventually fall again to a mediocre material platform, having no protection other than one's own fallible strength. Isn't that a... Um, Scary proposition to fall to again to a mediocre material platform. There's nothing worse than mediocrity. Therefore, the Vaishnava Acharyas in their commentaries on this verse have illustrated in various ways the vast superiority of bhakti yoga or pure devotional service. In this connection, Sridhar Swami states, Nimilya Netri Davan Api Iha Eshu. Bhagavata dharmeshu na skalet. Nimilanam nama jnanam yatahu shruti smriti ube netre vipranam parikirtite ekena vikalakano dvabhyam anda prakirtita iti. Even if running, with both, eyes, with both eyes closed, a devotee on this path of Bhagavata Dharma will not stumble. Closing one's eyes refers to being in ignorance of standard Vedic literatures. As it is said, the Shruti and Smriti scriptures are the two eyes of the Brahmanas. Lacking one of them, a Brahmana is half blind and deprived of both. He is considered completely blind. In the Bhagavad Gita 10, 10, 11 through 11, the Lord has clearly stated that even if a devotee is lacking in Vedic knowledge or ignorant of Vaishnava literature, the Lord personally enlightens him from within his heart if the devotee is actually engaged in loving service to the Lord. In this connection, Srila Prabhupada states, when Lord Chaitanya was in Banaras promulgating the chanting of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama Hare Hare, thousands of people were following him 
Prakashananda, a very influential and learned scholar in Benares at that time, derided Lord Chaitanya for being a sentimentalist. Sometimes philosophers criticize the devotees because they think that most of the devotees are in the darkness of ignorance and are philosophically naive sentimentalists. Actually, this is not the fact. They, there are very, very learned scholars who have put forward the philosophy of devotion, but even if a devotee does not take advantage of their literature or of his spiritual master, if he is sincere in his devotional service, he is helped by Krishna himself within his heart. So the sincere devotee engaged in Krishna consciousness cannot be without knowledge. The only qualification is that one carry out devotional service in full Krishna consciousness. Yet this facility given by the Lord cannot justify unauthorized concoctions put forward about the process of devotional service in the name of spontaneous devotion. In this connection, Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur has stated Bhagavat Praptyartam if one manufactures his own process of devotional service for the sake of attaining the Supreme Lord, such a concoction will cause total ruination. Srila Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur goes on to quote, Shruti Smriti Paranadi Pancharatra Pancharatra Vidimbina Aikantiki Harer Bhaktir Utpatayaiva Kalpate if one's so-called unalloyed devotion to the Lord Hari does not take into account the regulations of the Shruti, Smriti, Puranas, and Pancharatra, it is nothing more than a, than a disturbance to society. In other words, even if one is not learned in Vedic literatures, if he is engaged in the loving service of the Lord, he is to be accepted as a pure devotee. Nonetheless, such loving devotion cannot in any way contradict the injunctions of revealed scriptures. Such groups as Prakrita Sahajya ignore the standard regulations of Vaishnava Dharma and engage in illicit, degraded activities dressing as Radha and Krishna in the name of spontaneous devotion. They claim that because such spontaneous devotion is revealed by the Lord himself, they need not refer to standard scriptures. Similarly, all over the world, there are pseudo-religionists who manufacture their own processes and claim they are receiving knowledge from the Lord himself within their hearts. Therefore, it is very important to understand, as stated here, that spontaneous revelation by the Lord within the heart is meant not to alter the eternal process of devotional service to the Lord, but to give a supplementary facility to a sincere devotee who is ignorant of revealed scriptures. In other words, the revealed scriptures describe the eternal process of service to the Lord. Since the Lord is eternal and the living entity is eternal, the process of their loving relationship is also eternal. The Lord never changes his essential nature, nor does the living entity. Therefore, there is no need to change the essential process of loving service to the Lord. Special revelation by the Lord is meant to give scriptural knowledge by another means and not to contradict scriptural knowledge. On the other hand, Srila Vishnath Chakravarti Thakur has stated that if a devotee is executing all the basic principles of bhakti yoga and advancing devotional service, such a Vaishnava should not be criticized for neglecting the secondary procedures. For example, as Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada established hundreds of spiritual communities in the Western countries for practicing Krishna consciousness. The devotees in these communities give up all illicit sex, gambling, intoxication, and meat eating and constantly engage in service to Krishna. 
such followers of Srila Prabhupada, are able to make wonderful spiritual advancement and convert mainly many thousands of people to the process of devotional service. In fact, all the faithful members of ISKCON who follow the standard regulations remain free from material contamination and make visible progress in going back home back to Godhead. Such members of ISKCON cannot possibly execute all the details of the Varnashrama Dharma system. In fact, many Western devotees can barely pronounce Sanskrit words and are not very expert in performing elaborate sacrifices based on chanting of mantras and offering oblations. But because they are executing all the essential principles of Bhakti Yoga by giving up material sense gratification and constantly engaging in loving service to Krishna, their position is guaranteed both in this life and the next. We have seen many sophisticated Sanskrit scholars and learned experts in the details of Vedic sacrifice who can hardly even follow the basic principles of human life, namely no illicit sex, no meat eating, no gambling, and no intoxication. Such brilliant scholars and ritualistic performers are generally seen to be attracted to a materialistic conception of life and are fond of mental speculation. Although in Bhagavad Gita, the Lord himself has given perfect knowledge for all time, such so-called scholars consider themselves more intelligent than the Lord and thus speculate on the meaning of Vedic literature. Such speculation certainly constitutes a fall from perfect spiritual life. And what then is to be said of materialistic fruit of activities, which are illusory in every sense of the term. The transcendental devotees are able to remain aloof from the pollution of fruit of activity and mental speculation, and that is the essential purport of this verse. Srila Vishnath Chakravarti Thakur has warned that the words yan astaya indicate that the exalted status of a Vaishnav can never be accorded to one who is not following the basic regulations of bhakti yoga, nor can it apply to one who is sometimes serving Krishna and sometimes serving the illusory energy maya by mental speculation or fruit of activities. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur has concluded, in all dharmas other than Bhagavata Dharma, one must consider the conditioned soul's qualification, but a soul surrendered to the Lord is never confounded by error, even if unqualified in all other respects. His feet never stumble and he never falls, even though wandering in the world at whim. He always resides in an auspicious place by the influence of his unwavering worship. The unique potency of Bhagavata Dharma does not appear in any of the other dharmas of the world. There is no comparison between a surrendered individual who has taken shelter of Bhagavata Dharma and the practitioner of any other dharma. Okay, so there's a question here. Uh, Sundarananda, Prabhu, we have deep-rooted shelters we may take in this material world just by conditionings. So to transfer that shelter to Lord Krishna, will that, will, uh, let's see. We have deep rooted shelters we take in this material world just by our conditionings. So to transfer that shelter to Lord Krishna, will that happen gradually as we continue to perform devotional service? It can happen gradually or it can happen by one's own will immediately. If you look at 1866 in the Bhagavad Gita, Srila Prabhupada explains this. 
at every step, there's opportunities to surrender more. Of course, we have to take those opportunities also. That's why there's an admonition given in the Padma Purana, in chanting the holy name of the Lord, that one shouldn't maintain material attachments, even after understanding so many instructions on the matter. That's why I advocate making a list of VLCs, voluntary life changes, because you can do this the easy way or the hard way. The easy way is to decide ahead of time, preemptively, which things I want to voluntarily take to and say, Krishna, please help me to do this. Become more aware of it and more conscious of what are the ways that uh, I need to surrender more. And uh, by Krishna's grace, we can overcome them, but we should pointedly ask Krishna to help us in such ways. So that's kind of a combination. And the more that we, we are consciously aware that the goal is to surrender to Krishna and not hold on while we're performing devotional service to material desires, then the more we can advance in devotional service. That's why those who have obviously given up material desires are more honored in society. All devotees are honored, but those, for instance, Krishneti yasya girita manasadriyeta dikshasti chepranati bhishta Rupa Goswami says that we honor someone who says Hare Krishna in our mind. We give obeisances demonstratively to those who have taken Diksha. Why? Because Diksha Kali Bhakta Kari Atma Samarpan She Kali Bhakta Kari Atma Samarpan there's a way in which Krishna gives a higher status to somebody who's surrendered through Diksha and said, yes, I, I'm taking this up as a vow. And Krishna says, such a person, Samarpana, Atma Samarpana, who gives him or herself in surrender, is at, uh, Atma Sam. He's as good as me in quality because he's entered into that category. So uh, at making a decision to surrender to Krishna is a glorious uh, life-changing, world-changing decision. And whether it's small or big, it's uh, significant. That's the only thing that's really significant. Because externally performing devotional service while holding on at the same time, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur compared to the wedding party that got in the boat, they forgot to take out the anchor, and the boatman was rowing all night long while the wedding party was asleep. And then in the morning they... They, they woke up, they saw the sunrise, and they were in the same place. He said, forgot to take the anchor out. So pulling the anchor out is uh, one of the main uh, points in advancement in devotional services. I have to see it and then say, I'm taking it out. And if I can't take it out, if I don't have yoga balena, the strength to do that, then at least I should uh, mark it. that This is there. Acceptance is the... F- first step to overcoming an artist, except that I have them. One of the ways in which I don't overcome an artist is I don't acknowledge it. Because if I acknowledge it, I know that I'll have to give it up. If you bring it to the light, it's like if somebody's addicted to something, then finally they say, I'm giving it up. So then they go to a group where they can share the fact that they're addicted. And they'll say, hi, my name is Skippy, and I'm addicted to such and such. And then everyone says, hi, Skippy. Uh, you know, we are too, and let's deal with this together. 
So now the light of awareness comes in and acknowledgement of the fact that I have this problem. So if we can admit to Krishna and the devotees that I have some difficulty, of course, you should have some confidential association where you can tell somebody. In fact, this is one of the brilliant points that Chaitanya Charan Prabhu makes, and that is that Sometimes people say, how, how is it that an advanced devotee can fall down? And then, so some people speculate, they say, well, actually, there were no advanced devotees. And therefore, that's why they fell down. They were just, everyone was faking it. But Chaitanya Charan Prabhu came up with a, a much better explanation that follows Shastra. And then, so he explains how there's a way in which somebody may become advanced. And as is explained in the Madhurya Kadambani, that uh, there are waves that can come out of nowhere, just like those who are surfers know you're out there and it could be placid or small waves and all of a sudden out of nowhere, a big wave comes suddenly crash, crash, and uh, you get wiped out unless you know how to go underneath it. And so then similarly, these anartas, even for one who is advancing and uh, coming to the end of anarta nivritti, then uh, uh, out of nowhere, some anarta can bubble up. After all, there's millions of impressions there within the chitta from millions of lifetimes. And so then if that comes into the mental system and one becomes obsessed with it and attached in some inordinate way to the material world and is going on with one bhajan, then there's a way in which someone might think, well, everyone considers me an advanced devotee. So if I reveal this to somebody, then um, I'll lose my stature. It may be well-meaning also because someone might think, well, then they might lose faith or something like that in the process if, if I don't. And then uh, such a person, instead of acknowledging it, instead of bringing it up to a confidant and saying, you know, I have this problem, help me deal with it, then they stuff it and then they uh, become overwhelmed by it because they weren't able to acknowledge it and bring it out and deal with it properly through devotee association, through praying to Krishna uh, openly and so forth. And then, then they become consumed by it. And uh, then uh, they may have to uh, experience some kind of a setback. And then of course they can reset and say, okay, what brought me here in the first place? And uh, let me now start over again and uh, humbly approach Krishna. And then they, such a person can regain status, their, their original status in devotional service by constantly chanting Hare Krishna and being very humble. But this is one of the ways in which uh, somebody can fall down who's ad advanced uh, or have reached an advanced stage in devotional service. So at every stage, all the way up till seeing Krishna face to face, we have to be very careful because the residual effects of previous offenses, says um, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur and Madhurya Kadambari, persist all the way till uh, prema and seeing Krishna face to face. There is some semblance there of the residue of semblance and residue. Okay, so there's some residue there uh, all the way to the end that uh, can can cause us some difficulty. So. Prabhupada writes in one of his purports in the Bhagavatam that not only should we perform devotional service, but we should also be careful. He says it's a regulative principle that one should not fall down. So we should be careful as we're performing devotional service and 
part of being careful is to consider that at any time I can fall down and therefore I should have a safety checks uh, all the time with uh, devotees who I know well who can help me process these things and also when there's a nartas to deal with them as soon as possible and bring them up to Krishna and say Krishna I'm being tossed this way and that way could you please help me with this anarta I don't have the strength to do it but because I'm I'm admitting it to you now you uh, I give you permission to please help me in some way to uh, get rid of it Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Um, may I ask a question, Prabhu? Oh, yes. Hare Krishna. Accept my humble obeisances. Prabhu, the question is um, uh, from the morning's chanting Japa um, that uh, Prabhupada mentioned the three stages of chanting Nama Parad, uh, Nam Bhas, and Shuddha Nam. Um, uh, every day morning when we chant, we are struggling with our mind. Uh, Whenever the mind goes away somewhere, we try to bring it back. So it becomes a battle every morning, try to bring the mind back. So um, because this is, we are in the Nama Prada stage. Um, so, is, so what are the ways to know that if we are making any progress at all in the Nama Prada stage? Well, um, <clears throat> there's a... Uh, a sense, bhakti parishanu bhava virakti ranyata traisha trika ekakala. If we're, if we're in the surrendering process and we're coming to this a point of nama bhasa, there's a way in which we'll, we'll have some direct experience for ourselves, a feeling of bhakti. As, a, as, Prabhupada, as a, the servants of Prabhupada wrote in that last purport we were reading, that there's a a way in which we're, uh, you know, both the Lord and we are transcendental. And once that uh, the, the fog and the clouds, which are blocking the holy name, start to lift a little bit, we'll start to, we'll naturally feel that devotion. It's self-effulgent. So bhakti is the first thing we'll feel like, oh, Krishna, I'm yours. I'm, I'm your servant. I, uh, I want to be with you. Um, and then, Bhakti Parish Anubhava means uh, we have direct perception. We have direct perception of Krishna. So you're chanting and you start to see uh, Krishna in his name. You hear it. You hear Krishna before you see it. And Prabhupada describes in the, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita purport that uh, one will start to hear the name as, as unique. It's not like any other sound that you hear. It becomes fascinating to the devotee and one starts to feel, oh, the presence of, of the Supreme is here in the, in the sound of the name and becomes interesting. And then, Bhakti Parishadu Bhava Virakti Anyata Traisha Trika Ekakala. So these three things happen automatically. And what's the third? The third is that, uh, that one becomes, uh, feel, feels uninterested in, uh, in the activities of the material world. It's not restraint, but a kind of sense of like, ew, you know, I'm not, I'm not into it. Not even ew, because that's like uh, kind of a, uh, a sense of repulsion. But just like it doesn't, it fades. The interest in material sense gratification fades. Like, why would I do that? It, like, uh, you know, for those who, who uh, have come to the stage of sattva eating an animal, 
they'd, they'd rather eat a piece of wood or something like that. They, it's not like they walk past a restaurant and they think, oh, if I could only have a taco or something like that, you know, <laughs> they're repulsed by the idea. It just, it's not interesting. Well, uh, they're repulsed and they're, they're just not interested anymore. So that's the sense that starts to come in when tada rajas tamo bhava kama lobada yaschaye cheta iter anavidam stitam safe prasidati. That the Prabhupada said the pinching that comes from these lower modes where it's going, you got to do this now. And they're like, ah, oh, not again. He said, yep, again, go do it. And it, it, it starts to lessen. And then also, there's these various signposts when one's coming to nishta that uh, begin to um, show up. And that is that uh, one's not sleepy anymore. There's a way in which when you start to hear and chant, uh, if you hand anybody a Chaitanya Shadarita said, could you read me, you know, uh, three purports? And as soon as they grab the book, although they weren't sleepy before, as soon as they pick up the book, then... Or, uh, you know, they start yawning. This is the kind of like the, the false ego is going, ew, I don't want to talk about Krishna. I want to talk about me. And so then that sleepiness uh, goes away. And it's like, oh, I'm actually interested in this. That's a good sign. I'm interested in the holy name. I'm interested in hearing about Krishna's pastimes and instructions. And then there's a way in which one doesn't become distracted anymore. When the distraction starts to go down and the attraction, think about the word distraction. It's like opposite of attraction. <laughs> and what's attraction? Krishna. That's, he means attraction. I mean, where else would you be attracted except for the source of all beauty? So this distraction means I really don't like Krishna that much because I'd rather look at something else. So when that starts to lessen, then we have this, uh, we, we'll notice for ourselves. And then that the kind of um, non-interest in devotional service that comes when I'm not sleepy at all and I don't have any distractions whatsoever, but I'm just, I'm just, eh, that's all right. I don't, I don't want it. And then there's uh, the innate kinds of uh, qualities of, of lust, anger, greed, those things, things start to noticeably go down. And also um, the way in which the senses interact with the environment becomes noticeably different in that uh, we're only interested just like uh, Prithu Maharaj in tasting things, hearing things, seeing things that are related to Krishna. Other things become non-interesting. There's no flavor in it. So these are some of the overall symptoms that you know, a spiritual doctor would look at and say, mm-hmm, okay, and test your reflexes and then say, okay, yeah, you're, you're, you're definitely chanting at a higher level now because these symptoms are coming out. So we can, we can see for ourselves just as when you eat food and you feel naturally uh, nourished, satisfied, and hunger goes away, it's from our chanting. And the struggle with the mind is very natural. We were just reading yesterday in the uh, Bhagavatam, third chant, the fourth part, in which uh, this is, uh, listen, listen to what Devahuti says. You know, first of all, you know very well when she starts talking to her son, asking for advice, she says, I'm sick and tired of this. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of the disturbance of my senses. 
So this is a good sign for devotees that, okay, that's enough. Enough's enough. That's a good one. Enough's enough. That's it. I can't stands no more. Papa used to say. Um, and then Devahuti says here in the Bhagavatam, my dear, to, to um, Kapila Dev, my dear Brahmana, does material nature ever give release to the spirit soul? Since one is attracted to the other eternally, how is their separation possible? As there is no separate existence of the earth and its aroma or a water and its taste, there cannot be any separate existence of intelligence and consciousness. Hence, even though he is the passive performer of all activities, how can there be freedom for a soul as long as material nature acts on him and binds him? Even if the great fear of bondage is avoided by mental speculation and inquiry into the fundamental principles, it may still appear again since its cause has not ceased. And here's uh, Kapiladev's suggestion. He says to Devahuti, one can get liberation by seriously discharging devotional service unto me and thereby hearing for a long time about me or from me. By thus executing one's prescribed duties, there will be no reaction and one will be freed from the contamination of matter. So Prabhupada says in his purport, this serious devotional service can develop by hearing for long periods of time. Chanting and hearing uh, is the beginning of the process of devotional service. One should associate with devotees and hear from them about the Lord's transcendental appearance, activities, disappearance, and instructions, etc. So I think that that modifier, long time, you hear for a long time, is important for us. Don't get discouraged. Uh, you're right in the thick of it. But just keep taking the medicine. And if Devahuti feels frustrated, uh, you know, how should we feel in Kali Yuga? But we should also feel great uh, encouragement because everything we've heard so far today is that uh, everything goes in our favor. You know, it's just like if you're going to into a court and you're wondering, am I going to win the case or not? And then someone comes up and goes, don't worry, the judge really likes you and he knows your family. And, you know, and, you know, I know what he's going to say, you know, then you'll feel some relief. So, you know, we're implicated here in the material world and you were going into court and uh, take shelter of the judge. It's like, okay, what's been done is done. I can't undo it now. I just have to take shelter of the judge. That's Sarvadharma Prityaja. And it's like, well, what's the judge going to say? Is he going to throw me into hell forever? Uh, and, and then we hear the voice of all the sadhus coming up said, don't worry about it. He really likes you, you know, because of what you've done. You did some heroic act. What did I do? He said, well, you, you know, you joined. You, know? <laughs> you joined in the process of devotional service. That's all. It's like, yeah, he really likes that. So, you know, we should feel encouraged by all this and know that wherever we are in devotional service, I mean, look at Putana. She came to kill Krishna. You're not doing that. You're trying to chant and lean into it. And so it's obvious that the struggle with the mind is going to be onerous. So don't worry about that either. Just dedicate to the process and be devoted to the process. And in due course of time, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says, just like on a tree, you have to wait till it grows up. And then you have to wait till the branches get fleshed out. And then you have to wait till the little buds, the flowers come. And then, the, and you might go, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. 
And you can't bully a tree and say, you know, give me fruit now. I want it now. You have to wait. So if you know that the, the quality of the seed and the tree is powerful, then just uh, take shelter of that and stay in the process and take shelter of a whole bucky yam Even if you wanted to poison Krishna and you kept chanting, he'll still save you. Hare Krishna. Not to the Not to the Not to the Not to the Not to the